Internal dissension roils Disney as the Mouse House gets political. The Daily Wire goes to war with Harry's razors, Angelette. And Joe Biden says it's time for America to lead a new world order. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I talk about them every single show. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So why don't we begin with this? Disney is a company that is meant to derive pleasure for children. That is what it is for. It is a company, their entire their entire net worth basically was built on the idea that they were going to give you a safe place to let your children be entertained. That is what Disney was for. It's why I've been taking my babies to Disneyland since they were old enough to go to Disneyland, which in our house was like six months old. It's the reason why my kids know all the Disney movies. When Disney gets political, when Disney decides that it is going to let itself be taken over by the LGBTQIA plus minus divided by sign, little carrot thingy, little squiggly that goes above the letters in Spanish group, when they decide that they're going to allow their company to be renormalized by the radical trans activists inside the company, they lose business and they will lose business and they should lose business. And this just demonstrates once again, America's biggest corporations are being held hostage by the woke because they are cowards. They're absolute cowards. I say this because there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today about Walt Disney chief executive Bob Chapek. Okay, Bob Chapek took over for Bob Iger recently. And instead of being a CEO, namely looking at the shareholders and saying, listen, our job is to maximize their value. Instead of saying to the members of the company who don't wish to do their jobs, either do your jobs or we will fire you, which by the way, is the way it used to work at Disney. Disney is one of the most restrictive employers in America. You must follow their rules or they fire you. That is the way that it works at Disney. It's true at Disneyland. It's true at Disney Channel. My mom actually worked at Disney Channel for a while. So I understand how it works at Disney. Disney is an extraordinarily strict employer. You are supposed to toe the line unless apparently you are a member of the LGBTQIA question mark backslash double quotation mark plus equal sign group. If you are those folks, then you get to tell Bob Chapek what to do because all these people are cowards and they are manipulated by the people inside their company, the woke groups inside their company, combined with the power of the media that wishes to crap all over companies that do not repeat the ridiculous demands of the most radical base. And when you go up directly against children, like you are with Disney, that is the height of stupidity. It is one thing to do this if you are in a, a company for adults. If you are a company for adults and you wish to mirror the woke priorities of your most radical employees, well, you know, adults might punish you. They might not punish you. Most adults will probably ignore it. If, however, you're a company dedicated to making material for small children and your content is now going to be dictated by a bunch of people who do not care about how children are raised other than if they are raised in their own propagandistic beliefs about falsities about gender, then you're going to lose business. So here's the story. According to the Wall Street Journal, Bob Chapek told employees Monday the company made a mistake by not taking a public stance against Florida's recently passed parental rights and education bill, a decision which infuriated many at the entertainment giant and has undercut faith in his leadership. Undercut faith among whom? Among whom? Shareholders? Among the woke employees that he pays? See, here's the thing about working here at The Daily Wire. We pay you to work here. You do not dictate to us how the company is run. That's absurd. And Disney, again, has hundreds of thousands of employees. And yet there are people who will sign a letter, like 200 people will sign a letter saying, we're so mad that you didn't speak up about this Florida bill, which, by the way, is not a don't say gay bill. That is an overt lie by the media. The media have been lying about this since day one. They literally started calling it the don't say gay bill because 
radical LGBT activists called it that, despite the fact the word gay does not appear once in the bill, and it is directed against the indoctrination of kids K through three, and then age-appropriate indoctrination all the way up. Because of that, and because 200 employees signed a letter, the entire company is now held hostage because these people are absolute cowards. Bob Chapek is an abject coward. And it is ridiculous. They're held hostage to a tiny percentage of their own employee base because they're super mad. They've got the sads because Bob Chapek didn't take a stance against the indoctrination of small kids in Florida. Again, a state where Disney World is located. You think Bob Chapek and Disney World are going to relocate Disney World outside of Florida? You're going to spend several billion dollars to move Walt Disney World to, say, California, where they shut down Disneyland for a full year and a half because of COVID, despite the fact that Disneyland is mostly outdoors. Disney World, by the way, stayed open since like June of 2020. In a hastily scheduled virtual town hall meeting with Disney leadership and employees, Chapek said he understood the pain the company's initial silence on the bill, dubbed by opponents as don't say gay, has caused, according to people who attended the event. I and the leadership team are determined to use this moment as a catalyst for more meaningful and lasting change, said Chapek at the opening of the meeting. The Monday meeting came one day before a planned walkout scheduled last week as part of an employee protest against Chapek's leadership. You know what happened if my employees walked out because they didn't like a political stance that I took on the show? They could find themselves another job. That's how that would work. Because we still have an at-will employment relationship in this country as a general rule. Okay, you do not get to walk out on your job unless you have some sort of legal backing for that. I'm not aware that Disney employees are allowed to just walk off their job because they disagree with Bob Chapek not taking a political stance on a bill. I noticed, by the way, there was no employee walkout when Disney decided to film Mulan in Xinjiang province, where the Chinese are holding a million Uyghur Muslims in slavery. I noticed that. Disney said it would now be aggressive in opposing an effort by Texas Governor Greg Abbott to have the state investigate parents for possible child abuse charges if their transgender children receive hormone blockers or other medical treatments. A state judge has temporarily blocked the governor's order. So Disney is not, now they're jumping from, we have to intervene in Florida, to we are going to sound off about how we think that 12-year-olds should be able to have their genitals mutilated and they should be hormonally sterilized in Texas if their parents are fine with it. This is where Disney's going to draw. And these are the people that you want educating your kids. Now, I'm not saying I'll never watch a Disney movie again. I'm not saying my kids will never watch a Disney movie again. I'm saying that when this stuff makes it into content, as it will with Lightyear, where they've already said that they are going to insert a lesbian kiss between two characters in an animated movie meant for small children, and they're going to do this to please this LGBT base, my kids will not be watching that movie. And I think there are a lot of other parents whose kids will not be watching that movie. There are a lot of other parents who, as they see the propagandistic beliefs of this small radical base take over a massive entertainment company are no longer going to want to engage as much with that company. And that is correct. The amazing thing here is, again, I, can't, I keep coming back to the cowardice of the corporate leadership. here. They are such unbelievable cowards. And maybe that's because, frankly, people on the right have not organized. People in the center have not organized. I talk about, in my last book, The Authoritarian Moment, I talk about the possibility of renormalization. Renormalization is where you can completely shift an institution by taking about 20% of the people who work for an institution or who are the consumers of an institution and you make them take an aggressive, hard stand. And then they say to the other 80%, if you go along with us, we'll leave you alone. They basically blackmail corporations into changing how they work. And it doesn't require 50%, doesn't require 100%, it requires maybe 20%, 15%, 10%. If you are loud and you have the media on your side, you are able to completely renormalize an institution that is worth billions upon billions of dollars and that has hundreds of thousands of employees. So here's the point. People on the right need to push back because if they don't push back, if there isn't a group inside Disney pushing back, 
then it's going to be very difficult for Disney to feel the heat, which is why it's actually kind of important. Rod Dreher has a, has a piece out today talking about how there is a group inside Disney who have rejected this and who say that they are not willing to go along to get along at Disney. Here's what Rod Dreher writes today. He says, you see the Daily Variety story the other day about how Pixar has restored a same-sex kiss to its upcoming film Lightyear after a gay employee group denounced its corporate parent. The Walt Disney Company, for not taking a tougher line against the so-called Florida don't say gay bill. Again, that is the most, it's most ridiculous lie since Covington Catholic. It really is that the media decided to label a bill that literally does not say the word gay. Don't say gay. And by the way, how out of touch are Democrats in the state of, of Florida over this particular bill? They've been putting up giant billboards that just say the word gay all around the state of Florida. I don't think that's going to work out how you think it's going to work out politically, guys. According to Variety, the decision marks a possible turning point for LGBTQ representation, not just in Pixar films, but in feature animation in general, which has remained steadfastly circumspect about depicting same-sex affection in any meaningful light. These disgruntled employees, says Dreyer, changed an entire industry that engineers the imaginations of children around the globe. And to be clear, don't say gay is a lie. The bill is called the Parental Rights and Education Act, and you can read its details in the primary document. The thing that has opponents so upset is that the bill forbids classroom discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity from kindergarten through third grade. That is it. That is what liberals are angry about. So devoted are they to the cause of making little children sexually aware and undermining their psychological stability around sex, they are throwing a massive tantrum over a law that says teachers cannot introduce this stuff to kids under the age of 10. Within Disney, activist employees organized on company Slack channels a staged walkout this week to protest at Disney brass, including Bob Chapek. The cry bullies blame Disney leadership for making its LGBT employees feel, yes, unsafe for not fighting the bill. They have a bunch of demands, which, of course, are extraordinarily radical in orientation. These demands include TWC, TWDC, the Walt Disney Channel, must take responsibility for their inaction to protect the rights of LGBTQIA plus children and their families by making substantial contributions to the Trevor Project. They should allocate spending and outline how it will expand a content catalog to represent LGBTQIA. Also, the Walt Disney Channel should create a brand similar to the Onyx Collective focusing on LGBTQIA creators. Rod Dreher says, can you imagine what it's like to work at Disney as a political, social, or religious conservative under the reign of this mob of tyrants? You don't have to. Today, a group of anonymous Disney employees have released the following open letter begging the company's leadership to keep the company politically neutral. The letter points out the slacktivists have created a hostile work environment for anyone who doesn't go along with their demands. Here is the open letter text, which a Disney employee leaked to me, says Rod Dreher, quote, As employees of Walt Disney Company, we believe in the dignity of all people. This is why we do what we do. We write stories, we make costumes, we act in parades, we run cruises, we stream movies, we make magic. We do this because our work contributes to a fountain of wonder that inspires joy, awe, and delight in guests and audiences of all ages. We are proud employees of the Walt Disney Company. We love our jobs because we get to share the wonder of life and human experience with millions of people worldwide. However, over the last few years, one group of cast members has become invisible within the company. The Walt Disney Company has come to be an increasingly uncomfortable place to work for those of us whose political and religious beliefs are not explicitly progressive. We watch quietly as our beliefs come under attack from our own employer. And we frequently see those who share our opinions condemned as villains by our own leadership. The company's evolving response to the so-called don't say gay legislation in Florida has left many of us wondering what place we have in a company actively promoting a political agenda so far removed from our own. Over the last few weeks, we have watched as our leadership has expressed their condemnation for laws and policies we support. We have watched as our colleagues convinced that no one in the company could possibly disagree with them and grow increasingly aggressive in their demands. They insist 
Walt Disney take a strong stance not only on this issue, but other legislation and openly advocate for punishment of employees who disagree with them. An internal poll within the company went out a few months ago asking us if we felt accepted in the company. Many of us did not complete it because the nature of the questions made us worry that the results of the poll could be used to target us for quietly holding a position that runs against the progressive orthodoxy Disney seems to promote. Much has been made out of our internal efforts to reimagine tomorrow, but as much as diversity and inclusion are promoted, the tomorrow being reimagined does not seem to have much room for religious or political conservatives within the company. Left-leaning cast members are free to promote their agenda and organize on company time using company resources. They call their fellow employees bigots and pressure Walt Disney to use corporate influence to further their left-wing legislative goals. This, of course, is exactly right. CEO Bob Chapek had the right idea in his original statement that he has since walked back. This is, again, an open letter written to Walt Disney from its conservative employees. In Chapek's own words, as we have seen time and again, corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds. Instead, they are often weaponized by one side or the other to further divide and inflame. Disney is far more important and impactful to the world by avoiding politics than it ever will be by embracing a political agenda. But of course, the corporate overlord cowards, they are going to continue to maintain their progressivism. All because a few people are complaining. That's really all this is? Again, they, they are now saying they're going to get involved in basically trying to force the state of Texas to greenlight the hormonal sterilization of children. This is what they are now involved in, the company that wants to present entertainment to your children. You wonder why conservative parents that now have to pre-screen all entertainment from Disney? This would be why. I mean, and here's an example of the Disney employees who have now taken over the asylum. Here is uh, one Disney employee demanding the company take action against Ron DeSantis in Florida. Good luck to you. Seriously, really. I, I wish good luck to Disney in taking the billions and billions of dollars they sink into Disney World and that entire property in Florida, and taking that and moving it somewhere else. Really enjoy yourselves if this is the world that you want to create for yourselves. Because I promise you, parents for thousands of years have lived without Disney. And if you wish to turn our children into pawns in your political schemes to please a few radical activists inside your company, my kids, just, they don't, I like, I like them watching many Disney movies. I like many Disney movies myself. I grew up on Disney movies. I'm a big Disney fan. We were Disney annual pass holders in California. I love taking my kids to Disneyland, but I promise you, if you turn your company into a propaganda tool specifically designed at indoctrinating my kids in your values, I will not use Disney products anymore. It is that simple. And there are a lot of parents who are like me. So you have a choice. Do you wish to alienate the parent body, namely your entire clientele, which by polling data supports the Florida bill? Or do you wish to support a few radical employees who believe not only that they get to live their lives the way they want, which again is their prerogative, it's the United States, but that they get to indoctrinate children in their values and that if you refuse to go along with it, you are the bad guy. Here's one of these Disney employees who's taken control of the company. He says he's sorry, well, then mean it. Continue to fight for us and stand with us and not donate any more at all. Not just a pause, but a complete shutdown of any future donations into any candidate or into any campaign that stands against the LGBTQ community. Okay, so this employee who's basically crying in front of a gay pride flag is now going to dictate to Bob Chapek where political donations go. Now, listen, if Disney wants to not donate politically to anyone, fine. They're a company. They can do whatever they want. But the basic idea that they should only donate to people who a particular base doesn't like, good luck with that. Really, enjoy. And unfortunately, this has now infused all the Disney properties. It's infused ESPN, for example, which is an ABC Disney property. So during the 
women's Final Four, watched by dozens all over the United States. The ESPN commentators protested the Florida bill on the air in the middle of a women's college basketball game, which has nothing to do with the indoctrination of small children into LGBTQIA plus minus divided sign, percentage sign, caps lock, shift, control option, command. Right? That, that bill has nothing to do with women's college basketball. By the way, if there's a threat to women's college basketball, it's that Juana Man will soon be playing in the NCAA championships for the women's side, dunking over all of the women. Okay, in any case, over on ESPN, the commentators basically took a moment of silence to protest a bill that has nothing to do with them. The players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. And at three o'clock, about eight minutes ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. Wow. Wow. Isn't that brave? They're in the middle of a broadcast about basketball, and they're sounding off on all of this. Now, again, corporate America has decided to surrender to these people. They've decided to surrender to this radical agenda, which has nothing to do with reality. The entire media have decided to surrender, for example. It's so funny. You have these women who are commenting on women's sports and the threat to our community. How about the threat to women basketball players in the fact that the NCAA now lets men participate in women's sport? Nothing. Now, they'll never say anything about that. They'll just celebrate Leah Thomas dominating the women because he's a large dude with twig and berries. Takes real balls to do what Leah Thomas does every day. Okay, but again, if you provide any sort of attention in the media to that issue, then you are ripped by the same radical group of activists. It's incredible. And the, the culture warriors have now deemed it necessary that all of corporate America follow in their footsteps. Right? Every culture maven has to get involved in this now. Which is, again, why you have Disney announcing plans to oppose Texas's order criminalizing sex change surgeries on children. It's also why you have artists like Lizzo, great artist. She's, she's like William Shakespeare of of. I'm not even going to get into a description here. Lizzo speaking out about the abortion ban in Texas, because this is what you need. The abortion ban is atrocious as well. Mind your business. Stay out of my body. This is not political. Oh, lady, I can't even tell you how many people are hoping to stay out of your body. Like, but again, the, 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 the baseline notion here is that in corporate America, in entertainment culture, they hate your guts. They hate you. And so here's the thing. If you're a conservative, you need to actually fight back. As I say, renormalization is where 20% of a company can renormalize the other 80% and orient them toward their perceived political goals. The same thing is true in markets. People on the left will look at a product or a company they don't like, and then they will announce that they're boycotting that company or product. And then the company will just cave. Conservatives, particularly on issues like this, are a majority of the about sexual indoctrination of children, they're the vast majority of the population. That's not just conservatives. That's conservatives, moderates, and many Democrats. And so here is the thing. You need to fight back. Well, one of the ways we here at The Daily Wire are fighting back is that we have decided that if a company decides to go to war openly with the people who we defend every day, you know, conservatives and moderates and parents, if they decide they're going to do that, then we will go into direct competition with those businesses. So let me give you an example. About a year ago, 
There's a company called Harry's Razor. And Harry's Razor is a razor company, as their name would suggest, they make a good product. They advertised on this show at one time. And they were also advertising on my colleague, Michael Knowles' show. And Michael made the grave mistake of announcing that men are men and women are women. And this, of course, is very bad because Harry's, which is a company that, again, sells razors so men can shave their faces, got two tweets, like two. They got one tweet from a two-follower Twitter account. Okay, and this guy literally had two followers. And he said, quote, Harry's is sponsoring Michael Knowles, the same Michael Knowles who is spreading homophobic and transphobic content. It is wrong that Harry's or anyone sponsors this vile content. Harry's immediately pulled their advertising. They said, quote, thanks for bringing this up. We condemn the views in this video, which are inexcusable and at odds with our longtime support of the LGBTQ plus community. We've ended our relationship with this show and are looking into our sponsorships to prevent any values misalignment going forward. And this is what Harry said. So they pulled their money from Michael's show because he said men are men and women are women. And um, so we have decided that we are going to create our own razor company. Because again, we want you to take your money away from woke corporations and give it to non-woke corporations that don't spit in your eye. So we have a website. It's called IHateHarrys.com. And we have launched our own razor brand. It's called Jeremy's Razors. Here's a little bit of the commercial. Do you remember when there were two genders and only one and a half of them had to shave their mustaches? I'm Jeremy Boring, CEO and God King of The Daily Wire. Harry's razors used to advertise on our shows. They're a great product, and we were happy to do it. That's before some peon who works for me went and said that boys are boys and girls are girls. And that was just too much for Harry's. And they dropped their ads from our network because of what they called values misalignment. Harry's razors doesn't want your business. I do. Then buy my new razor instead. Behold, Jeremy's razors. Yes, they're real. Yes, they're fabulous. Our country's in trouble. Conservatives are being canceled by Hollywood, the media, universities, and now Harry's razors. Stop giving your money to woke corporations who don't think you deserve their product. Give it to me instead. Head over to IHateHarry's.com and pre-order your Founders Series razor and shaving cream set today. Unless you're the kind of man who teaches his daughter to shave her beard. Okay, so we have launched an actual razor company. Sure, it's a joke, but it's not a joke because you can actually get these razors from anywhere. So yeah, I mean, I pitch a lot of products on this program, but here's the thing. When you buy the Jeremy's razors, right? When you buy the Jeremy's razors, then what you will be getting is a product that does not hate your guts. The product's actually really good. But the most important thing is that people on the right have to stop sort of complaining about the fact that corporate America is being taken over and they have to start creating companies to rival the bad companies. They have to start taking their money and putting it where their mouth is because otherwise all of these other companies, the Disney's of the world, they are going to be held hostage by these small groups of radicals who are then going to renormalize those companies and use them as weapons against you and your family. That is what is happening right here. And it is scary and it is very, very bad. And so, listen, I'd love to make money off of more Americans taking their money away from places like Gillette, which did in fact make a commercial talking about toxic masculinity and the evils of masculinity and, and made a commercial about men teaching their transgender sons, meaning girls, to shave their faces and how tolerant this makes them. I would love to make money off of people who no longer want to patronize those companies. Listen, I like money. Money's great. But the more important thing here is that all of these companies have to be put on notice that if they piss off the American people, the American people are not going to stand for it. Renormalization works both ways. And if the American people do not wish to see major American brands that are directed at teaching their kids like Disney, 
move to the left, they're going to have to explicitly say no at a certain point here. And they're going to have to ignore the predations of the media. Now, all of these companies are driven by media coverage. So there's an article in the Washington Post today, for example, called Activists Face an Avalanche of Anti-Transgender Bills. And the entire article is about how evil it is that there are people who are trying to say that boys should go to boys' bathrooms and girls should go to girls' bathrooms and that puberty blockers should not be prescribed for kids who are eight, nine, and 10 years old. And the entire article is about how bad that is. But you know what? Conservatives should say, yes, those things are bad. It is bad to do those things to children. And we are not going to pretend that it is good to do those things to children. And we are not going to stand for corporate America catering to its wokest audience by interjecting itself in these battles. You want to play this game? The game works both ways. You want to remove the all-star game from Georgia because you don't like a voter ID law that is less stringent than Delaware's? Fine. Then a lot of people are not going to watch MLB games. You want to inject yourself into LGBTQ politics in Florida or Texas? Well, fine. We're not going to watch Lightyear. I mean, like, this is going to have to be what people do. And so we're hoping that, that Jeremy's Razors is the first step in that direction. You can subscribe again over at IHateHarrys.com. That's IHateHarrys.com. You get your razors from a company that doesn't hate you. And by the way, if you want entertainment that's going to cater to your children, we're going to start making kids content over here at Daily Wire specifically so that you don't have to be catered to by companies that hate your guts and cater to the people who despise your values. If that doesn't happen, the bad guys are going to continue to win and they're going to continue to take over heretofore neutral corporations and use them as weapons against you. Here at The Daily Wire, we've now started our own publishing wing. It's called DW Books. We are proud to publish books that actively fight the left's monopoly on storytelling, like Fiery But Mostly Peaceful, The 2020 Riots and The Gaslighting of America by Julio Rosas, who pulls back the curtain on the Black Lives Matter riots that broke out across the country in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. Rosas, who is reporting from the ground, gives his firsthand experience and exposes the media's attempts to convince Americans that the fatal and destructive riots were actually wonderful and peaceful and flowery and lovely. The book is available for pre-order on Amazon or anywhere you buy books online. So go pre-order your copy today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, over in Russia, Vladimir Putin continues to ratchet up all of the violence in Ukraine. The violence has been ratcheting up in Mariupol, which has refused to surrender to this point. According to the New York Times, Russian forces have been pounding cities across Ukraine, leaving a patchwork of death and destruction, including one that blasted a once bustling shopping mall into in, in Kiev into a smoldering ruin with one of the most powerful explosions to hit the city since Russia's war on Ukraine began. In the besieged and ravaged southern port city of Mariupol, Residents braced for renewed attacks after the Ukrainian government rejected a Russian ultimatum to surrender the city. And the Russian talks with Ukraine are moving pretty slowly, according to the Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry Peskov. He said making details of the talks public would only harm the negotiation process at this point. For, for the negotiations, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett of Israel, who's been acting as sort of a go-between, and the reason he's a go-between is because he's fairly friendly with Ukraine. And meanwhile, he has to negotiate with Russia thanks to Barack Obama's idiocy. Barack Obama handed over Syria to the Russians which means that Israel has to have a back channel whereby they let the Russians know that they are about to knock out, for example, a Hezbollah base in Syria. So Naftali Bennett has become sort of a go-between. He said he's prepared to visit Kiev for mediation between Ukraine and Russia. After an invitation from the Ukrainian government, his office said he'd be ready to travel if negotiations reached a sufficient level of seriousness. Meanwhile, the Russian grandmaster Sergei Karyakin has been suspended from chess for six months over backing President Vladimir Putin and the invasion of Ukraine, which, by the way, is, is ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like, you, t you take a posi political position in support of Putin and suddenly you can't play chess. That's, that's really, really silly. But 
Joe Biden has been going around to various areas and talking about how it's time for a new world order. So Joe Biden was speaking about the current global climate during a speech with some of America's top CEOs attending a business roundtable. And he started talking about how what we are seeing right now is a chance to remake the world. And this is where a lot of folks on the right start to get pretty nervous. Even if you think that Russia is doing something evil and you back Ukraine to the hilt, when Joe Biden starts talking about this is an opportunity to remake a new world order, you got to start clutching at your wallet and start worrying about the values he's about to promulgate globally. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there and we've got to lead it. and We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So what exactly does he mean by new world order? Right? This is always the big question. So if he just means that we have to unite against Russian predations in Ukraine, sure. If what he means is that we have to radically reshape the world economy, which seems to be on the minds of a lot of our quote unquote global leadership class, that is a different story. So when it comes to you know, the immediate, Joe Biden is warning about the possibility of cyber attack in the United States. He's saying that the Russians are going to ratchet up those cyber attacks in the United States. Here was uh, Joe Biden. Today, my administration is issuing new warnings that based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. As I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential, and it's coming. The federal government is doing its part to get ready. But under U.S. law, as you all remember, the private sector, all of you, largely decides the protections that you will or will not take. Meanwhile, Jen Psaki over at the White House is saying that food shortages are likely to hit the globe, not particularly in the United States, but particularly in sort of developing and third world countries. Here is Jen Psaki from the White House. Well, we're not expecting a food shortage here at home. Uh, we do anticipate that um, higher energy fertilizer, wheat and corn prices could impact the price of growing and purchasing critical food, suppli food supplies for countries around the world. And early estimates from the World Bank suggest disproportionate impacts on low and middle income countries, including in Africa, the Middle East and Southeast Asia. And actually, and Ukraine is a big um, exporter of fertilizer. So as it relates to even that need in the United States, and other parts of the world. That's something that we're continuing to closely assess as well. Meanwhile, in terms of global new world order foreign relations stuff, the fact is that the Biden administration is incompetent. So they've been leading from behind on the Ukraine battle pretty much all the way through. And now they are attempting to, at the same time, treat Russia as a partner in negotiations over an Iran nuclear deal, which is a terrible idea, simultaneously condemn the Houthis, which is an Iranian-backed terror group, in their attacks on Saudi Arabia, they are attempting at the same time to make nice with the Chinese while the Chinese are making nice with the Russians. It's all confusion top down from the Biden administration. So this new world order looks a lot like the United States playing second fiddle to a bunch of other countries and or giving up our national interest in favor of other countries. According to the Wall Street Journal today, since 2018, the Pentagon strategy has defined China and Russia as primary concerns and North Korea, Iran and violent extremism as secondary threats. That two plus three approach two chief adversaries with three secondary ones, was expected to be supplanted by a one plus four strategy, which put China first and placed Russia among the lesser threats. Despite the heightened focus on Moscow, a new U.S. defense strategy, which was due to be released earlier this year, had been held up as the Russia crisis brewed. Policymakers all but finished the document late last year and tweaked the language slightly after the invasion, said officials. But they didn't do a wholesale rewrite of the document. When it is released in the coming months, the strategy will still assign Russia a secondary priority behind China, according to the Pentagon official. The invasion of Ukraine has sparked concerns among top policy, diplomatic, and military officials about losing sight of the strategic threat from China. 
Mackenzie Eaglin over at the American Enterprise Institute said there is strong pressure in the building not to overdo Russia's importance over the long term because of Ukraine. I think what will ultimately come out will be a watered down version of where they were going already, which was that China was the priority, including over Russia. Even so, according to the Wall Street Journal, Moscow's invasion of Ukraine is forcing U.S. officials to grapple anew with countering two major adversaries at once, a problem that has revived long dormant Cold War debates about quantity versus quality in apportioning scarce forces between Europe and Asia. And you'll notice that the Biden administration is not calling for a radical increase in the defense budget. They're not calling for a radical increase in the quality and durability of the military. They are, in fact, somewhat sanguine, like shockingly sanguine about the rise of our enemies, including places like Iran, which is why Russia got the idea it could invade Ukraine with no actual consequences and why China continues to believe that it can get away with not so tacitly backing Russia in this conflict while casting its eyes upon Taiwan. So as far as the new world order goes with regard to foreign policy, we're seeing a temporary moment of unity from the West, but I think that Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping are looking at the West and thinking, you guys are probably going to crack somewhere in here. Meanwhile, the real new world order that, that I think that Russia and China see the West building is a new world order that is largely predicated on a sort of capitalist economic system that is burdened with extraordinarily high regulations and redistribution. Because that seems to be what Joe Biden is now pursuing. The SEC, for example, in the, like if you were treating this as an actual real foreign policy crisis, what you would be doing is unshackling American business. What you would be doing is allowing for more drilling, for example. You'd be getting rid of regulations and taxation on business so that we can outcompete the Chinese and out-innovate the Chinese. Instead, you've got the Biden administration in which every crisis is an opportunity to remake how American business is done. The Biden administration, however, is pursuing bad economic policy. According to the Wall Street Journal, U.S. regulators proposed stringent requirements for publicly traded companies to report information on greenhouse gas emissions and risks related to climate change in one of the Biden administration's potentially most significant environmental actions to date. The SEC formally offered a 534-page proposal on Monday that would force publicly traded companies to report greenhouse gas emissions from their own operations as well as from the energy they consume and to obtain independent certification of their estimates. So the idea here is that now, if you want to be a publicly traded company, you're supposed to demonstrate how much carbon you use so we can tax you. Now, does this seem like a policy that is well geared toward the growth of American industry? Again, when it comes to climate change, you can accept all of the IPCC estimates about the volatility of the climate and about human contributions to that volatility. You can accept the range of estimates, which range from somewhat severe consequences to fairly mild consequences over the course of the century. And you can still point out that the sorts of regulations that are being considered right now do nothing to actually mitigate the amount of climate change in a serious way, and that China and India have no interest right now in ramping down their carbon emissions because they understand, particularly China, that they are in a global competition with the United States. Like this, this pathetic silliness from the John Kerry's and Joe Biden's, of John Kerry, John Kerry, heading on over to China, maybe you won't work with us on Ukraine, but you'll understand that we need to curb climate change. Like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. China is not going to do any of that stuff. Meanwhile, you're cracking down on American businesses. In some cases, according to the Wall Street Journal, companies would be required to report greenhouse gas output of both their supply chains and consumers, known as scope three emissions. So it's not just your factories creating carbon-based emissions. It is now that if you have a supply chain, right, transporting your goods from, say, Singapore to the United States, you have to include that in your estimate and how your consumers use your products. So your consumer 
end use is now part of what you should pay as a company. An SEC official said most companies in the S&P 500 would likely have to report scope three emissions. Companies would have to include the information in SEC filings, such as annual reports. And if you don't think that's the predicate to a large scale regulation and taxation scheme by the Biden administration, you're out of your mind. That is, of course, what they're looking for here. The proposal comes as President Biden's efforts to address global warming through legislation have stalled in Congress, putting pressure on regulatory agencies to deliver on a core Democratic priority. That has drawn criticism from Republicans who accused Democratic SEC Chairman Gary Gensler of overreach. Gensler says investors and asset managers representing tens of trillions of dollars have called for companies' climate-related disclosures to be more standardized. Well, here's the thing. If you would like for a company to release its climate-related disclosures, then why don't you become a shareholder? This is the stupidity of an entire left-wing worldview that has suggested what they call stakeholder capitalism. So shareholder capitalism says that if you are a publicly traded company, your first duty is to maximize profit for your shareholders. And this generates good output. And the reason it generates good output is because the way you generate value for shareholders is innovation, efficiency, making good products at good prices. Stakeholder capitalism says a bunch of people who have nothing to do with your business can tell you what to do with your business because after all, don't we all affect each other in a broad variety of ways? Well, normally what you would say is that that's what legislation is for. But what they've decided to do is, is tell these companies that you on your own have to voluntarily take up the mantle of, for example, saying to the stakeholder, right, somebody in the general community, what you are doing so that even though they bear no risk and have no skin in the game, you are working for them. That's silly. Hundreds of firms have already begun reporting data about their carbon emissions and other climate-related metrics, but SEC officials say current disclosures are inconsistent and hard for investors to compare. SEC members voted three to one to issue the proposal. Commissioners voted along party lines with all three Democrats backing the proposal. And as the Wall Street Journal editorial board points out, they say that this entire thing is directed against particular enemies of particular parts of industry. They say Gensler's solution is to regulate private companies by the back door. To calculate their scope three emissions, public companies will now have to make their private business partners and contractors report emissions. Companies will have to get their emissions independently certified. That's another governmental gift to the big four accounting firms. The main intent of the rule is to make it easier for left-leaning asset managers like BlackRock, public pension funds, and trial lawyers to bully companies. Public companies will be liable for climate disclosures the SEC deems inaccurate or incomplete. Progressives will have a new weapon to smack companies around. Democrats can't pass a climate agenda through Congress, so they are using financial regulation to block investment in fossil fuels. Vladimir Putin will be delighted. Yes, indeed, that new world order that is being considered by the Biden administration, it seems like it has nothing good in it for Americans who wish to see peace and prosperity, not only in the United States, but across the globe. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out one of our newest podcasts, Morning Wire. On today's episode, they report more on that infamous Hunter Biden laptop story. That episode is available right now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our production manager is Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Crand. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Georgia Howe here, co-host of Morning Wire. 
Wake up every morning for your daily dose of news in 15 minutes or less. On today's episode, President Biden faces tough questions about his son, conservative employees at Disney speak out, and the Senate begins confirmation hearings for Katanji Brown-Jackson. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire. <laughs> 